Blog Talk Radio. Thank you to everyone who's been listening and subscribing and leaving nice reviews, too, uh, on on the show, on Apple iTunes and Stitcher. I really, really do appreciate it. And we had a huge spike in uh, listeners, listeners and, and uh, downloads this week. And just thank you all so much. Last week, we had Betsy uh, Zaretto. Uh, TV personality in Britain, uh, and she's also well. She's a dual citizen, uh, U, the uh, the UK and the USA. Uh, she's a and editor, and we talked about her newest anthology she's edited, and sub, and uh, she did supply one cool story for it, and it's called um, the best new crime story, Small Towns. So that was good. And then of course Monday we had forensic psychic. Jeanette Lucas. Jeanette's worked on things like the Chandra Levy case, uh, Kaylee Anthony, several others. She does a lot of work for FBI um, and police, as well as for companies like mining companies who are looking for, you know, something really valuable in the ground. She's there for everybody. So um, that was fun, too. Also, people ask me about it, and people love If you saw on my page on uh, Madame Perry Salon, I have a video because uh, back in May, poet Julie Blomacky, Julie E. Blomacky and crime fiction writer Matt Coyle were both on the show. It was Julie's first time, and it was third visit to the show. So I asked Julie to stay with me and, and co-host, and she did. And they each gave away a copy of their books, Julie's poetry book, Slide to Unlock, Matt's book, uh, the I think it was like the fifth or sixth in his Rick Cahill series, and it was uh, Lost Tomorrows, but I hadn't had anybody to draw the winners yet. And I got Captain Anthony LaGrange, uh, a very handsome and very intelligent science officer with Starfleet Command. And uh, he drew the winner and put the video out there. So, yes, that's who that is. You can look him up. I posted the video on LinkedIn as well as Facebook. So, yeah, go there. I won't tell you who won. You have to go. It could have been you. It could have been you. I'm not going to tell you. you got to watch the video. And believe me, it's a fun video to watch. Now, anyway, as I was saying, thanks to everybody who's been uh, subscribing on whatever podcast platform you prefer and leaving nice messages and uh, telling your friends to watch it. I really do appreciate it because that helps me to continue to get the fantastic guests that I've had lately. 
a magnificent guest I've got coming up soon. And by the way, we do have Jeff Carlisi from 38 Special, the guitarist. You know, hold on loosely. Uh, he's coming back soon. Uh, so we had such cool guests, and we've got more cool guests to come, and we've got an incredibly fantastic and cool guest tonight. And we can only get people like that because you follow the show and you share it and you subscribe. Now, tonight's guest is is as I said, she's a very talented lady and fascinating. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that go on in films that you think you hear. You think you hear what you see. Maybe you do and maybe you don't. But this woman has a job of being a Foley artist as well as a voiceover artist. And this is her first time here in the Genie Bottle. So I'm just going to say I hope she's comfortable. I hope she's got a nice big cushion fluffy cushion here in the Beanie Bottle to sit on, and I am delighted to introduce first time here in Madame Perry's Salon, my friend, Paige Nan Pollock. Hello, Paige. Hi, Jen. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I am delighted. I'm doing good. Honey, this is the best part of my day today, except for my husband making flatbread pizzas for dinner, but, you know. Yum. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, uh, but this has been, I have been looking forward to this show with you um ever since you told me okay i'm ready i got the time to do it and i am just thrilled to have you here thank you so very much Paige. thank you um do you want to tell people what a foley artist is yes i do um we 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 do every single sound that you see and hear in a film or television show, we reproduce it. Um, and there are several reasons why. Um, sometimes if it's uh, distributed to foreign, they pull out all the dialogue, so all of the sound disappears as well with it. So we have to do no. every single sound to fill it in. I never thought about and, that. Yeah, and sometimes there'll be an airplane going overhead when there's a sound effect. Basically, we enhance the sound. For instance, if someone is having a short, angry conversation with someone else, and they go, um, I'm sorry, I told you, and they slam down the cup or the glass uh-huh. um, in the middle of their sentence, it's very important that you hear that glass or cup. It's an extension of the emotion. So that's one interesting thing we do. Um, we, we, also, we enhance every single sound, even the cloth. When someone is walking down the street, their jeans are rubbing together or their arms are moving against their body. So we do a cloth track. We take it out about 26 tracks if it's a film. Um, You know, a cloth track, a paper track, a glass for glass breaking or whatever it is that you see. Keys down. um, And we use different things than what you see. Um, For instance, for ice in a glass, Sometimes there won't even be ice in the glass that you're looking at, but just to enhance the sound and the magic of the movies and the, the ears listening, we put in um, Christmas bulbs in the glass. We use that for ice quite often. <laughs> or I've used um, Mardi Gras beads <laughs> or pen caps. That's an example. I know. It's pretty funny. And the other thing is, for gun rattles, I find this really fascinating. If you had a gun and it rattled, you wouldn't use it, right? That's a fact. If you, if you pull out a gun, if it rattles, it's not going to work. 
properly. But we add sounds for gun rattles, like if someone pulls it out of a holster or picks it up off a table, we'll always add a little rattle. And now it ruins it for everybody listening because they're going to notice this from now on. Um, you'll notice a gun rattles, and you'll notice, let's see, what else is really noticeable? Eyeglasses off and down. Mm-hmm. Um, we always rattle eyeglasses when someone takes them off and puts them down or folds them. That's a real prominent sound that we do. We do everything, and then in the final mix, the dub mixers will choose along with the music people and everybody else, what they want to use of the Foley. Um, Sometimes if there's a crash, a car crash, um, we'll add all the debris, several tracks, metal debris, glass debris, um, you know, bodies hitting the car, whatever is going on there. And so we enhance a lot of things, and sometimes there won't be any sound that's picked up when they're recording at all, and we have to create it completely from scratch. So um, it's really a fascinating job. That's just one part of it. The other part is the footsteps. We, this job started with a man named Jack Foley, who was a film editor. And I think he was doing a horror film. I'm not exactly sure. But, he, you know, he wanted you to hear the, the sound of the footsteps before you saw the character. So mm-hmm. he would take himself out onto the stage, put it in record, and he would add the footsteps. And now it's gotten so... Um, People wonder why can't we use a library for this? Well, it sounds like a robot, you know, and we really do have to climb into the actor's body and make it sound like the emotion that the actor is feeling. Like if he's drunk or if he's angry or, you know, or if he's like very determined walking into an office room to somebody, you know, about something serious, then his feet are going to sound different. And they may not sound that way when they record the, in in the shooting in the in the you know the recording of the film but we add it in post-production to make it it really adds a lot to the film and the television show and that's just one thing I do um but there are a lot of different things like I use um leather wallets for squeaking of leather or um rope twisting I can use a leather wallet or I can make my hands really dry and squeeze them around a broomstick handle, and it can sound like a rope. <laughs> and we create these as we're working. Do you have a question? No, I was just, I was just kind of, whoa, <laughs> was expecting that. <laughs> it's a pretty crazy job. It's a pretty fun job. Um, you know, and uh, sometimes I have to walk two characters with one with two feet. Like I have to walk one character with one foot and one with the other. And it's pretty crazy sometimes, the job. It depends on the, the time crunch or the budget of the show. I shouldn't say the two companies that I've worked for in the last couple of years that the budgets got really small and I would have to do a half-hour sitcom in four hours. And most of those kids' shows are a lot of slapstick comedy, a lot of goop, a lot of liquid, you know, a lot of prank stuff. And so there were a lot of setups going to fill buckets of water, creating goop out of like dishwashing liquid and raw chicken or celery for bone breaks. I'm sure everybody knows that one, celery for bone breaks. I didn't know it, but But okay. It's a fun job. Or if if someone's getting stabbed, I'll take a fork or a knife into the rind of a grapefruit or an orange 
and then I'll take a chamois and wet it. So I'll do two separate tracks, one of the stabbing, twisting, and then another track of a wet chamois sound for the gush. So it's kind of crazy fun. It's really fun, messy, dirty, and fun. By the way, (laughs) good place to stop and say, if you're listening live tonight, and of course, you know, the podcasts are always available afterwards for download and there's no charge for it. But if you're listening live um, and you have a question for Paige Stan Pollock about uh, Foley artist work or post-production voice artist work, you can give us a call at 646-716-9922. It's a toll-free call in the continental U.S. So it's 646-716-9922. Nine nine two two, or for people who, for whatever reason, can't call, you can always send me a message on Facebook either through the uh, Madam Perry Salon page or the Jennifer Maudet Perry page, and I uh, will be happy to share that. And uh, by the way, I had put up on uh, Facebook a few minutes ago. I put we're already five minutes in, and I have learned so much. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm gonna tell uh, you something else. Please. Um, for instance, I was teaching a seminar at my alma mater, Emerson College. I taught there a couple of years now. Um, every year I go there and teach a seminar to the graduate film students about Foley. And they had no idea. They, they were going out to a grass yard and doing footsteps on grass and recording it. And they had no idea what we use for grass. And sometimes we use quarter-inch tape, which is obsolete now. Um, So I've saved quite a bit of it. Um, But it's squeak, so you have to put a cloth over it sometimes or whatnot. And um, also we can use um, a cheerleading pom-pom sometimes. You know, you'll use whatever. Sometimes I'll have nothing there, and I'll just have to grab or create something out of nothing and um, make it sound like grass. You know, and they were shocked. I mean, that's what, uh, and this, I'm surprised that the sound studio didn't know that. I mean, I don't know why they didn't know that, but they were making the students go outside to record things. Like, for instance, the flat tire. I did a really unethical thing. I was at a restaurant where I used to live in Malibu at Paradise Cove, and there's a restaurant there, and they used to have um, rubber placemats to eat on at the tables, mm-hmm. and I stole one of them because I said, this is a great flat, t- flat tire sound, <laughs> you know, in a flat tire, and it, it was the best. I used it for years. I don't know where that is today. I've lost quite a few of my props, but over the years, um, left them on stages, and for gun rattles, you know, doorknobs are sometimes real guns, but you're going to have to stomp on them and make them break before you can really make them rattle, so it's a crazy fun job, and I haven't done it right now since COVID. I was just doing Grey's Anatomy and with my girlfriend and um, Station 19 doing some of the feet and some of the background gear, you know, because there are a lot of gear. When people, firemen walk around, they're jingling and rattling and, you know, so you have to add all the tracks of all that stuff. Well, that's right. Of course, you know, I'm in Atlanta, so... You know, there's a lot of film work here, and that was a lot of what I was doing was working in the last year or so on, um, like, a, uh, what do they call it, a um, person in Stargirl, and um, 
And then all the courtroom shows where they need things. I said, now I look at the uh, court shows and go, oh, look at that woman there in the gallery. She sure does miss show business, you know, even though it's not like what you do. Still, you know, you're just like, dang, Rona yeah, took is, my gig. This is, this is a wild job, especially I'll tell you some more if you want to hear some more about the Foley before well, we talk yes, about but the you know. I do, but you know what, Paige? I've already got a phone call for you. And by the oh, way, um, I've got somebody, i got a call in for you, but you know what? I want to say, too, also, if you're listening live, check out Paige, and it's P-A-I-G-E, Pollock, P-O-L-L-A-C-K, on her IMDb page. Oh, my word. And that's just what they're showing. You've got a, you've got massive cred, lady. I mean, I know. Uh, the thousands. <laughs> and this is probably not so everything you're doing. I'm sure. All right, so. Oh, no, they missed a lot. They missed a lot. Oh, I know. Hey, okay, welcome to Madam Perry's Salon. This is Madam Perry, and we are here with the fabulous Paige Nan Pollock. Um, So say hello to Paige. Hello, Paige. How are you doing? Pretty well. How are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, My name is Peter G. I'm from the Chicago area, and I'm an animator. And uh, I want. my favorite thing. Well, I'm a garage animator, so it's like I've had to deal with uh, fun and foley also. So it's like, oh, here's a kindred spirit I can talk to. Yeah. Well, actually, what it because I mean I hear people when they talk about like when they're uh, when they're trying to create new sounds, like uh, like the guys who did the video game Mist in order to make bubbles in a tank, they actually stuck a hose inside the U bend of a toilet and recorded the bubbles coming out of that. What is the strangest sound you've had to create, and how did you do it? Okay. Um, a cuckoo clock. That was interesting. Um, I took a two-by-four. <laughs> my friend Tom is listening. so might remember it. Um, and thank goodness for Tom Kilzer, my great mixer. Um, let's see. I took a two-by-four and a piece of jewelry. And I think a coconut half, a coconut shell half, which we use for, for um, you know, horse footsteps, horse hooves. And I made it work with that. I just had to, you know, do it out of nowhere. And, I mean, it was a crazy sound, but it worked. See, it really depends on your hands and what you choose to use. Everybody's different. Like my partner, he would do better things than I would. So, you know, he would have chosen something else. But that was an interesting sound. And then when my my first job on Jetsons, the movie, I think George Jetson goes squeezing through these tubes of glass. But in order to make the pop sound of when he pops out of the glass, I took a balloon, a small balloon, stuck it in a paper towel roll, the cardboard roll, and pulled it through, and it squeaked, and it popped when it came out. That was a great, interesting sound I did. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous. I know, oh, but you know, no, oh, no. yeah, you get I've, good at I've heard all, Yeah, I've heard all kinds of interesting stories over the years. Yeah, for the longest time, like I'm a Doctor Who fan, and I could never figure out how they made the sound of the TARDIS. And then they showed it was just dragging a Yale uh, key, like you used oh, to open a door across a Yale key. The sound key. of what? The sound You're... of the TARDIS on uh, Doctor Who. Oh, okay. when, it, when, it, when it first appears, that that grinding noise, they just oh, took yeah. a Yale key like you used to open a door and drug it across a piano wire. Right. 
Okay, that's good. That sounds good. Yeah. I, I remember doing um, Freddy's Nightmares. I had to do, um, I took paper clips and unfolded them and taped them onto the end of my fingers. And then I would put some coffee grounds on the cement to scratch. And it sounded incredible. Or mm-hmm. I used nylon, nylon stockings um, stuck to um, artificial turf and pulled it off, and that sounded like spider feet. I mean, there's crazy stuff you think of as you're working, you know? Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's a really fun job. It's necessity. You think it, you, you got to do it, and you figure out a way to do it. Yeah, you do. You do. And, and we what? have standard props, you know, standard props in our bags. Mm-hmm. You know, like plastic bags, foil, pencils, a Zippo lighter. We always have that. That always turns up in movies for Zippos, you know, stuff like that. Do you find yourself so. taking notes? Like if, like if you hear something and it makes interesting sounds, like I got to remember that for later. That might come in handy. No, I do not. Uh. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't take notes and I don't think about it. Um, you know, I don't really think about it. I, we work on a Foley stage, which has so many different things and items there, you know, um, that there's usually something you can create and put together that works, usually. Okay. But some stuff yeah, you have it, to go to the store and buy. You can't recreate eggs cracking, really. Um, right. But, but, you know, I was thinking of things like uh, like the laser blast at Star Wars, that was somebody who was hitting an exposed uh, an exposed uh, metal conduit inside of a power inside of a power pole, and it's like somebody yeah, that, had yeah, to that that, right. yeah, and it's like somebody had to do that. and Go, I got to remember that for later because I couldn't. I don't know of anybody using it before that. So it's like somebody was paying attention, and oh, I got an idea. We could use this. Yeah, I mean, I could cre- I could think of that on my own, <laughs> probably. Yeah. I did work on a stage that had, um, like, you would pick up the the pit, and underneath it had all these car parts and engine parts. It was a great studio in Hollywood that closed, but we had all kinds of metal, great metal stuff in there that was really fun, you know. And you can deaden the sound of the metal by putting it on another metal surface, you know, if it sounds too thin. You know, there's so many things you can do. It's so much fun. It's so creative of a job. Then the budgets get tight, and you're down to one Foley artist instead of two, and then you've got me, the girl, lifting car doors and stuff like that, which I really can't stand. <laughs> so, you know, it's changed a lot. Even my best friend, I don't know if she's still doing Foley or not, but <laughs> it's pretty debatable at this point. All right. Well, thank you so much, Peter. And by the way, Peter, I, I, Peter's been on here before on the show. He's a, a great animator and writer, and I'm just so glad you called in. Peter, yeah, and, um, thank you so much, and I hope you're doing nice well there. Nice to meet you, Peter. Um, I'm getting by. You know how it goes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so very much for calling. Yeah, you're welcome. All righty. Bye, Peter. So, um, yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I can, and yeah, yeah. honey, girl. I feel for you. I feel for you. Rona's messed up the film business, I know. And, uh, you know, they're starting to say, oh, we're about to start back, but I, I'm a little nervous. Uh, anyway, but then again, you could yeah, probably work more part. You can work solo. Oh, yeah, we have, we have to work solo now, but I, I, I decided not to a couple of years ago. I hurt my back lifting the car door. 
And um, I just kept working. And then I really was, my heart wasn't in it the last couple of years. But I would do it again because now I'm mended. Um, mm. And I would only work with my partner probably, you know, if she asks me to work. Cause uh, it's yeah. too much doing it alone. It really, I mean, you burn out on it, you know. It's a very difficult job. And when the budget, we used to have 11 days to do a feature. When I started in the late 80s, we had 11 days to work on a feature. Now it's like three days. Wow. <laughs> Which oh, is crazy. By the way, and yes, you can still call in uh, 646-716-9922 or message. And I've had a message from uh, somebody that's listening, James Spring out in, um, he's out in Tucson, Arizona. He says he's listening and says, you know, he thinks this, this, everything is awesome, what you do and listening to this. So thank you very much, James. Um, Thank you. You know, so Do you want to, as, I want to know how you got started because, and, and you know, I almost feel bad asking this because I don't want it to sound very uh, sexist, but you are so beautiful. Usually, somebody as beautiful as you would just want to be in Thanks. front of the camera. You think so? I don't think so. Oh, but no. that's true. You're gorgeous. <laughs> Thank this, you. You're gorgeous. You're so nice. I couldn't be jealous of you except for one thing. You look good in any. Any anything you do to your hair, you still look magnificent. So, but anyway, I have a great hair girl. I have a great hair girl. <laughs> well, if I ever get, I if I ever get back out to to California, I'd like to meet her. <laughs> See if she can do. Oh yeah, no. what she can and do. Definitely with call me when you're out here. So you know you oh. can stay at my house if you want. I I will. I will. That'd be fun. Yeah, okay. I haven't been there for a while. I was there because uh, my client had a book launch a couple of years ago. But anyway, so um, what what made you or what uh, drew you toward this kind of work? I'm going to tell you how I got started. Um, I went to college in Boston, and I was a professional dancer in a dance company. And I got into Harvard for um, art restoration. That was my other major. And I got in a dance company a month after I got in, and I dropped out to be in the dance company because I wanted to be a dancer. So I came out to L.A. for a five-week vacation, and I got jobs in music, oh. well, not in music videos, on TV shows. And they were, it was really boring. I mean, it was nothing like I studied forever being a dancer. <laughs> and, um, you know what I mean? And doing these stupid little jobs. For, no, for some money, but we weren't in a union. Dancers weren't in Screen Actors Guild at the time. So I heard about this job fully, and I asked this guy, I called up this guy cold, and I asked him, I heard he was a sound guy at Warner Hollywood. Steven Sound was the name of his company, and I asked him if I could come watch Foley. So Foley artists, there are very few of us around, and um, nobody likes to teach anybody. I I don't like to teach anybody either. <laughs> People without a union rate, they can undercut you and steal your job. It happened a lot. It used to happen a lot. Ah. So they weren't very welcoming to me on the stage, but I did make friends with the one woman. It was um, Sharon Michaels and Hilda. They were working, and they threw me in there to do a footstep cue, and I just was crying. I couldn't do it. I didn't get it. And um, so, in any case, I became close with Sharon, and she trained myself and her daughter, Laura, and we became partners for a long time and friends, and we worked together for a long, long time. And um, But 
basically I started, I remember I was calling different Foley artists and uh, one girl, I don't know what happened to her. She didn't show up. So I got called in to work and I, I, it took me five years to sound decent, you know, with my footsteps. You have to sound natural with your feet and it's not that easy to wear shoes that don't fit you and walk on weird surfaces and sound like the person. So and sound natural. It's bizarre. So, and then I, I first was doing voiceover. First, I was doing that. And you want to hear a little about that? Yes, yes. Okay. So I was up for a part in Flashdance, the film. It was 1983. And um, they had my screen test. I got down to the final 10 to be the ice skater, which was Sonny Johnson. But she passed away during, during post-production of the film. And they, they had my screen test. They called me in. I sounded like her, I guess. And they called me in to revoice her and the casting director, um, the voice casting director was named Barbara Harris, the loop group, looping group. And I did the job and I've been working for her ever since. It's been a lot of years and um, I've done millions of TV shows and films for her. I do a lot of children, kids voices, some dialect, I sing in movies. Um, I guess, I guess, um, Babe, I did a sheep voice. I'm just trying to pull out some of the the um, standout ones. I sang all the songs in the Katy Perry movie because they didn't film any of the audience, and all of our audience sings every word to every song. So things like that. And the Lego movie I did characters in, you know, and all kinds of fun. It's so fun. <laughs> but sometimes it's really difficult. Like my series Bones, which I did almost every episode, I had to have um, medical lingo. And forensic, I had a forensics lab, and I had to have FBI talk. And, you know, if you do a film or TV show that's in the 50s, you can't say computer, e- email, you know, text me. You have to have the lingo of that time. You have to know the films of that time, the songs, the money currency. Mm-hmm. You know, you ha- we have a lot of research to do. And one of the hardest shows I did recently, my last show was Blacklist. That was really tricky. Oh, That yeah. was a really tricky show. So. You have to sound natural. You have to improv with your other actors, and you also have to fit the words into the back, to the extras' mouths in the background. Wow, People think it's easy, wild. but it's not. It's called oh, nothing. I'm sure it's not easy. Listen, if you're listening live now uh, tonight, it's, it's August 30th, 2020, and it's um, um, my guest is Foley artist and post-production voiceover artist Paige Nan Pollock. I am so thrilled to finally get her on the show here. And I've got a couple of calls waiting for you here, Paige. Oh, good. So gonna, uh, Love bring it. First one. By the way, when you talk about, you know, the more I talk, you've got to come back, Paige. I've got so many questions I want to ask you. And I'm, okay. one one show's not going to be enough. You're going to have to come back sometime. But when you talked about the time okay. when you did the two different um, walking for two different types, two different characters. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. And I thought about yeah. that movie. It made me think of that movie All of Me with Lily Tomlin and Steve Martin where the Oh yeah. Where there's the two things. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> <When> walking... <laughs> so funny. Okay, well let's see. Okay, I've got somebody here that I think is uh uh maybe out there on the on, on the uh on the west coast with you. Hi, well, thanks for calling Madam Perry Salon and we're talking to Paige Nan Pollock. So introduce yourself and say hello. Hi, Paige. This is Jim Hi. Musgrave. I live in San Diego. Hi, Jim. Oh, 
Jim, the author. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Jim. Yes. I was uh, really fascinated with your life there and the intricacies of Hollywood. How <laughs> I, I kind of knew about the children voices because mm-hmm. because of the fact that they aren't really um, well-formed at that age. So I would imagine they would need, you know, voiceovers. And I mean, that makes logical sense. But some of the things about the dancing, uh, what was your most challenging um, voiceover in, in your estimation? Okay. Well, for me, I don't sound very authoritative or, and I'm an actor, so I can be authoritative. Like yes. airport security, um, if we're in the room, there'll be five of us actors, and we've worked together for many, many years. And I will know not to get up to do airport security, or or I don't do police calls. And my uh. boss, the casting director, knows that um, she says I can't sound mean and authoritative because I'm not. I don't have that in me, but I can. I can do it. And for me, those things are really a challenge for me. Um, uh, there's not one specific thing. I'm really, right. They call me the sink monster because I can get perfect sink, and it's probably from doing Foley and being a dancer. Like, I can actually right, right. read. I can read lips across a room, but you know, because that's what we do at our job. We pick. We will call out. Well, you could always be a private detective. <laughs> you know, that's funny you mentioned that because <laughs> the other day I went online and looked up a college to be a PI. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. But anyway. Well, I'm very intuitive. <laughs> you are. That would be fun. But um, anyway, that's, those, those kind of things are challenging for me. I can do old ladies now, and I can still do kids. They, but just to mention something in regard to what you said before, they do want real children now, but we usually have one uh-huh. of us who wrangles the kids on the stage, gets them going and, Make sure they don't say right. brand names like Kleenex and Jello. You can't say brand names when you're doing voiceover. Yeah, I guess they don't have stage door moms the way they used to have. That kind no, of no, they're not follow allowed them the all around. They're not in the room. Well, that's good. Yeah. But I guess one more most challenging was when I was doing Baywatch. Now that you asked me that, um, mm. there are a lot of underwater scenes. Um, and I did a lot of Pam Anderson's voice. And underwater, they would struggle, like, to get out of a cage that they're in. And so no. they wanted to hear a voice, but when you're underwater, you can't breathe. So I would have mm-hmm. to not breathe and do struggle sounds with my voice. That was pretty tricky. I couldn't that is uh, challenging. Yeah. That was challenging. Wow. That was extremely challenging. It's quite fascinating. It is. Yeah, in the days of, of audio clips, I work with multimedia in my business. And, you know, you can get a lot of audio clips, you know, that are available online to to put right. into different different things. And that must be kind of a, a hazard for your job when they can, you know, just get the free. I'm just talking, you know, off the top. I know, but, but it really uh, isn't. It isn't. People think they use the yeah. library a lot. It sounds like crap, sorry, but it does. It yeah, right. Sound right, right. Live the quality is, yeah. 
It's right. not real. It's not, you know, acting. It's not, you know, there's a lot of acting. That's right. That's right. Yes, and it's hard to do looping because you have to improv with another actor as well as fit the words into the mouths of the people you're doing on that, you know, the time code. Right, right, so it can be right. really tricky. So you don't think you'll be replaced by a computer anytime soon? Nope, <laughs> I do not. I just hope Good. we get back to work by the spring because we're post-production. Yeah, right. Right. God, so do I. Hey, yeah. hold on. I've got um, because because Paige works with her voice. I need to give her voice um, a, a minute to rest and get some water or whatever, and uh, a <laughs> one minute clip. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking about your sister, and uh, so I'm gonna uh, mute us all out and be back in just like one minute, maybe 45 seconds. Welcome to TV Therapy Podcast with your host, Kenya Colbert. The podcast where fictional characters are creatively brought to life by a real life coach, Kenya Colbert. Kenya's a great listener and communicator that uses motivation, inspiration, and positive energy to assist her clients in seeing life with a fresh perspective. All right, let's get going. Hmm. Which of your favorite characters will Kenya influence today on TV Therapy Podcast? So, Chuck, talk to us about Fisdale being the Knicks' new coach. What's your uh, thoughts on that? Well, well, I'll I tell you right now, Ernie, it don't matter who going to coach this team. They don't got no talent on they it. And I don't, I don't really feel I talk That's kind of harsh. I don't feel I talk about the Knicks right now. Do you want to talk about lunch? No. <laughs> what would you like to talk about, Chuck? See, Ernie, I've been listening to a podcast called Madame Perry Salon. And I think Jennifer Perry, she's a great host. I mean, she got all these bestseller authors, Rostar, all the dip comedians. What about people you that could, don't have rings? Here we go again. Real funny, <laughs> Real funny. Real <laughs> funny. But I think she's great. And I think people would love her show. She got a great laugh. She make the laugh come out of nowhere, like an eagle come in there and just steal the whole show. It's 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 a beautiful thing. It's not terrible. All right, and sometimes you know, Paige, I'm just happy for somebody to say I'm not terrible, so that's a good thing. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, we had a little drop out there. That's what happens when you don't test something new that you just posted. So uh, or just. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, pulled in. So anyway, so uh, I'm I'm live with voiceover artist and Foley artist Paige Nan Pollock, and uh, Jim was asking a question, and then I've got another caller on hold here. So uh, Jim, did you have another question? Um, has there ever been a feature length film about your work? No. Has, has anybody ever tried to do like a documentary? You know, with um, about the that ADR, is a topic. ADR is automated dialogue replacement, which is looping the voiceover oh. and the Foley. There are several documentaries on Foley, and oh. I think there, there's only an advertisement or um, for my the looping group, which is run by Barbara right, Harris, right. but no, there hasn't, and there should be. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think you so. Want to make one? I mean. They... <laughs> Yeah, the the sixties yeah, movie. Make one, Jim. That, yeah, <laughs> okay. let's do it. Let me brainstorm it. Yeah, 
get okay. a get a cord thing <laughs> to tie it in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. We'll be looking for your video and uh, uh, <laughs> and be sure to check uh, Paige's page on IMBD. I think you'll just be you'll be amazed. And like I said, that's not it doesn't even show everything she's been working on. It leaves out a lot of stuff in the last, especially the last few years. So yeah, thank you so much updated. for calling, Jim. Thank you. Bye, Jim. Bye. Okay, and we've got uh, another call in just a second. And, um, yeah, Paige, it's going to take another show with you. I, I, I knew we were going to have fun, but this is even more exciting than I expected. And I knew it would be fun. Uh, by the way, Pat in Missouri says she's listening, and she thinks this is the cool <laughs> one of the coolest shows I've ever had. Thank you, Pat. That's um, cool. I really appreciate that. I, I have to, uh, can I say something yet? Can I say something? Please. I mean, this is all about you. I Well, I want to give credit to the mixers because they can make or break the Foley artist. <laughs> they can make mm. it sound like crap or they can make it sound really well. They can um, EQ it down to make it sound deeper. You know, they have a lot of control in the booth. So I just wanted to mention that because – I think they're very important to our job, the mixer in the booth. That's it. <laughs> and it does matter. Yeah, those those are important people. <laughs> it does make a yeah. big difference. Okay, I've got one more call, and this is from right in Atlanta, GA. Welcome to Madam Perry's Salon. Introduce yourself and say hello to Paige. Well, hi, Paige, and hi, Jennifer. How are you? Hi. 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 <laughs> I'm Vince Bryant, better known as Dee Levy, and I'm a composer for film. And um, I know what you do is not easy work, and you are very gifted at it, and you have quite a resume. Thank you. You look. (laughs) Great. (laughs) You're on the West Coast, though. You know, we had two two places. One place was called, um, oh, God, it wasn't Magno. That's in New York. This place was in Buckhead and it was it was the place where you can go do looping for all you know and it was filmed there it wasn't digital so this place mm-hmm. was really you had to loop to a uh, Niagara recorder and then he put it on an optical and he just did it all um, wow I haven't heard of Niagara in a long time <laughs> that's how long ago this was yeah my 34 year old son was 7 years old wow yeah, yeah. But um, we, I, we, I'm glad to be on this. Um, and then when I got, I got the notice, I was like, "Wow, um, this is this person does foley and looping, and you know, things are so advanced now. It's all there's a lot of digital foley. You know, they have all the sound effects in the world, and and the sound editors and mixers are all geared up in Pro Tools and Avid to just put an edit decision list together and just drop this stuff in, it's a dying art. And to meet someone like you, I mean, is, this is awesome. Um, and to, to also know that you branched off from that and you're doing voiceovers and you're doing uh, ADR, automatic dialogue replacement. And um, this, is something, this is something we need to get going and develop here in Atlanta. Well, you know, I have to correct you on one thing. It is not a dying art. People have been it's saying not. that for 20 years. No, it is not. No, it is not. Okay. There's still a lot of demand for live 
Foley because it just doesn't sound the same. It doesn't right. sound good. It doesn't, especially. No, it doesn't. It's like a real orchestra versus samples. Yeah. Um, certain things they they enhance with effect, but or, or a library, but not too much. Not too much. I mean, something, okay. you know. So, I mean, there are people who sell a library of Foley effects, but it's it's not very common. They re- people that really appreciate the sound of a film or a television show and the quality, they hire real live Foley artists. Are you mentoring anyone right now? Oh, no, no. I don't like to teach people, to be honest with you. It's a craft that, you know, you don't want to give away. But um, oh. I, would, I would consider it. Why? Did you want to learn? <laughs> well, no, I would refer people to you, especially if you're in the West Coast. I mean, that would keep it from being a dying art. See, one of the reasons why I made those statements is these kids today, everything is digital. Everything is drop, needle drop, drop it in, and plug it in and sink it and tweak yeah. it and let it go. And that's why it doesn't sound as good. It's not the well, real thing. Be, I don't care. You can't do every sound. You can't do a cloth track from a library, and you can't do the footsteps mm-hmm. and make it sound real. I mean, it sounds like garbage. You know, when they when they put in what we do, it sounds like it's actually the character, the actor doing it, the footsteps or whatever he's Absolutely doing. Absolutely right. It sounds Absolutely real. Right. This is, doesn't compare. I I don't like when people say it's a dying art because it's not. Oh. Well, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Um, I'm one of those. You can give people my number. You can give people my number. I've helped a lot of students because they they're clueless, you know. In the case of me, I do music, and we do orchestral mock-ups, and there are samples of orchestral instruments. And no, there is no comparison. You have to be extremely gifted, and it it takes more time to make it sound real than it does to get a real performer in a real string section, brass section, woodwind section, percussion Mm -hmm. section to play. And that's one of the reasons why the Hans Zimmers of the world and people like him, they mock it, and then they get an orchestrator, and then they get the real guys in, and they mix it and chop it up and, you know... It's not a, you can't even tell anymore, but the real thing is the real thing, and that's I all know. there is to it. Yes, I'm I salute you. That's why I asked if you were mentoring anybody, because that would be something, if you could, I don't know, get together maybe some sort of a workshop and start mentoring somebody, a group of these young kids out there, it would definitely not be a dying art. I mean, that's something I'm putting together now. It's not. As far as composing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, call me. I can, you know, I can help okay. people. But there's another, as far as music goes, I'm a drummer as well. And I study with Greg Bissonette. And mm-hmm. every song that I, you know who he is, correct? Anyway, maybe you don't. No, I, I don't know who he is, but that's okay. Yeah, Greg Bissonette. He's, he's, he's Ringo Starr's drummer. He's my teacher. And he, um, mm-hmm. uh, every song I bring to him, it's usually a drum machine, and I have to learn to the what the drum machine does because there's so few, you know, that's live right. drummers now recording. So that's absolutely right. They put it together on the drum machine. Yeah, well, I'd be glad to get the information. And yeah, I do have a, I do have somebody, a group of somebody's in California. Are you in Los Angeles or San Francisco area? Where are you? Oh no, I'm in LA. I'm in L.A. You're in L.A., okay. 
right. And, and by the way, Greg, Greg's, uh, Greg Bissonette also has played with David Lee Roth, uh, Joe yeah. Satriani, uh, Spinal yeah. Tab, Steve Vai, Electric Lighter, and he and that is her drum teacher. And I've seen videos of her and him together. And yeah, that's that's when I go back to LA, I want to be there when you guys are gigging. But anyway, okay. Vince, thank you so much for calling, Vince. We really appreciate it. You're We're welcome. About to run out of time. All right, you have a very good week, Vince. Thank Bye. you. Bye bye. Hi. What was it? Um, yeah, I'm so glad uh, that came up because yeah, I I love it when you have. Uh, I haven't seen many lately, but when you had videos of drumming and playing out, I guess you can't really play out as much as you did. But um, no, it's really annoying. Oh. Well, when, when you're you creative, you you're always you're always moving it around into different areas. Yeah. <laughs> like I played drums for five years now, and I really love it. I'm sorry that pandemic is happening because I have nowhere to play. But mm. okay. Yeah. Well, we got it all. Uh, We've got to all look forward. You know, as I was telling somebody recently, back uh, in March, I went to uh, Arizona for uh, Wild West Con. It's a steampunk convention, but it takes place in this little western village that used to be used for film and TV. And I said, mm-hmm. this year we went, we're all in our western and steampunk steampunk clothes and in our little western town. And I had a great weekend. We left on Sunday. I think it was March 9th. We left on Sunday, turned our clocks forward, and had no idea we were turning it forward into the twilight zone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what it seemed like. There was a, an Italian band. They went back home to Italy, and you know that was totally shut down. So, oh, yeah. yeah, hopefully we'll all be able to get out and play and have fun soon. And I know. So have you out playing drums? Because something like that, I just, I just believe, and this is my personal belief, uh, I believe that when that is your gift and that is your soul, you know, you've got to do it, you know, to keep your soul, you know, if you don't want your soul to wither, you've got to right. practicing your art. Paige, what what was it like, I've got to ask you about this, when you talk about doing like even children's or animal voices or dialects, first of all, uh, doing a voice of a sheep and babe, how did you, uh, how did you create or come up with that voice? Did it have to do I guess they probably told you the sheep had a certain attitude, personality, gender, yes. age. Yes. We had a great director on that film. I can't remember his name, but <clears throat> he would dance around the stage. And, you know, all the sheep, there was one scene in particular, I remember when there's something happening in the sky that's really wonderful, and we have to say, ba-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-
you just dropped out. Did you ask me a question or were you just commenting? No, no, I was just commenting that yeah, you, oh, you okay. help us then just I kind of Yeah, help us just suspend disbelief and just enjoy ourselves. Yeah. Let me ask yeah. you this. Uh, um what about dialects? Um I'm guessing too because because you're a musician, drummer, um you listen for a lot of tones and also I think probably because you're this is my guess because you're also a foley artist. Um that you also listen for different types of tones and pacing, and yeah. does that help develop different? Help you listen for dialects and pick up changes. Well, this is when you have a good ear. Like I do have a really good ear for music and languages. Um, <clears throat> what the way we do it usually is, I'll listen to the dialect and then right away speak what I have to say, so that I I, I do it by ear more than studying it. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, for for a Passion of the Christ, I think, or, or some movie I did, I had to learn Aramaic, and that was pretty tricky. We had to have a, you know, a, a professional on uh-huh. stage with us to help us. But dialects, I have to listen because there's so many different ones, especially in the South and the Midwest. You know, and you can't, you can't, you have to do it correctly. So I have to listen a lot. I do more listening than studying the, you know, the, the pacing and stuff like that. I I just listen more. <laughs> I thank pick it you, up thank you, thank you. Because people think, you know, I was born and raised in Atlanta, and people tend to think that we all sound like Scarlett O'Hara or oh. Blanche <laughs> Dubois. And we, right. I had cousins who grew up maybe forty miles from me, uh, kind of southeast of Atlanta, and they couldn't understand me. Oh, I believe it. There's so many different dialects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend who grew up in Atlanta, the same town as me. She went to live with her grandmother in the Appalachian Mountains for two years, came back, totally different language. And we just kind of stared at each other and we knew one another. So, yeah, it's very different. And I just so appreciate that you work with people that let you know there's different types of, there are different, like you said, whether it's the Midwest or the Southern. Yeah, it's really different. It, actually, foreign dialects are easier for me than the the American dialect because they're so Why different. Is that? So are they more consistent? They're, they're so different and distinct, you know, that it's easier. Like all the different southern accents are tricky, you know, to get it exactly right. They're so close, you know, as opposed to a French or something else. That's just easier for me. Different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. I just think this is fascinating, and and I keep, I, I hold on, I'm getting more messages. Um, okay, yeah, and <laughs> JJ in Phoenix says, "Wow, this is this is great." Yes, <laughs> ask her, ask her nicely if she will please come back. I will. I'm asking her nicely. So, I will. I'll come back. It'll so, be different uh, next time because I forgot some stuff I want to tell you, some things I want to tell you. <laughs> okay, great. So, uh, all right, folks, you heard it here. Paige Nan Pollock, um, drummer, Foley artist, post-production voiceover artist, uh, dancer, this woman. I knew you were amazing, and now I'm learning even more about you. And, uh, <laughs> yes, Becky in Knoxville, Tennessee, says this is great. And she said it, this is Great. So thank you so much. Um, thank you. Paige, I just hope you uh, 
Hope you come back. Wish you all the best. Wish that we can all get well so that we can all get back to work. Gosh knows I miss it. You miss it. I mean, our our bank accounts miss it too. But, uh, (laughs) you know, I miss it. Although, uh, with everybody binge watching all my shows, my residuals have gone way up. Hey, send me a list at, that I can tell, give people like this. Or, no, what? You people, everybody's texting me saying, this is great. Love this show. She's so cool. Thank you for having this sh- her on the show. Thank you for letting me know. But, hey, you can look her up on IMDb, and you can binge watch. And then as far as her most recent stuff that's not listed there, I'll share it. The information, I'll share it on all of my social media, whether it's for Madam Perry Salon or for Jennifer Perry, Twitter, Instagram, everything. Paige, uh, I just, I'm just so grateful to you for being so generous with your time tonight, for being such a fun guest and so fascinating and sharing all this with us. <laughs> and uh, I just really appreciate you, and I hope you will come back very soon. I will. Thank you so much for having me. It has been an absolute party, I think. And so I'm going to close out with... I'm Martha, 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.